Alright, hey everybody, this is Chris. We are here doing the first episode of the Mad Fro Monroe podcast. I'm here with Matt and Fro. I'm going to start off with some introductions. This is Fro. Sometimes I wear a dress in public. <laughs> I've seen him do it. <laughs> this is Matt. I go by Big Block on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Um, we're starting this podcast, just three guys that die cars. We've just become good friends over time. And we're just wanting to sit down and try something different by doing a podcast. Um, I know I'm a Mopar guy. Chris is a Mopar guy. Larry is an equal opportunity Mopar, Chevy, Ford. He doesn't care if it's got an engine. He wants to work on it. I just like working on stuff. Yeah. I mean, you just got to do something. And like, like, I would say it's good to have this hobby because you can express yourself however you want to do with it. So, that said, we kind of wanted to start out with kind of what got each one of us into it. Fro's got the longest history, so I guess that's probably the place to start. What kind of got you into everything? Just just keeping it brief, um, my, my grandpa got me started on cars. Uh, he, he was always a mechanic. He was always into cars. Uh, I pretty much hung around with him as much as I could learned as much as I could and it's just kind of expanded from there I got a feeling that the rest of this podcast is going to going to kind of dig a little deeper into that but as, as it stands that's about as as simple as I can put it I, you know, I can blame all of this on my grandpa which is why I'm staring at his car right now so so that said we're kind of doing the podcast from Fro's Garage he's got a 65 65 Ford Fairlane 500 it is a four door, but it is it, it is mine, and I I enjoy it, and I don't think that there I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, two doors out there available anymore. I mean, most of them have all been worked over, and most of them have all been all been done, and we're getting to the point now where we're starting to look into some of those those not so well liked models of cars, and that's uh, I've got a. Uh, 73 Nova that I'm working on with uh, a friend of mine. Uh, the 73s were horrible because they had the big quarter glass and nobody really wanted them. So you can still pick them up cheap and they're still easy to work on. And that's outside of outside of this group, that's kind of what I work on is, is cars that, that nobody really cares about that are cheap and you can pick them up, throw a big motor in them, have fun with them for a few years and, and pedal them off. And I think me and Matt, being Mopar guys, can fully understand that. The Mopar scene is so crazy with the early 70s A-bodies and B-bodies and stuff. And everybody wants the Challenger and the Cuda and stuff. One of my dream builds is a uh, like a 78 um, Plymouth Volari, but with a Roadrunner trim. Nobody cares about that car except for me. I, I saw it. Uh, when I was a kid, I grew up in a salvage yard. That's kind of my history. My stepdad owned a salvage yard. Uh, kind of grew up with that from the time that I was about eight years old. That kind of got me into stuff. And uh, I, he had a charger, which is why I ended up a Mopar guy. It was not really by choice. It's just what I saw and thought was cool. And, and I saw a lot of stupid crap in the salvage yard because nobody wanted it. And that's the stuff that I think is cool. We had a... Uh, we had a, a, a Rampage, like an 86 Rampage that I thought was the coolest car in the world. And they're absolutely hideous. Nobody wants them. Um, but that's another dream build of mine to put an SRT4 swap into that. Um, Matt's got a duster that he's doing. People that follow him on Big Blocks Garage on Instagram probably know a little bit about that Gen 3 Hemi swap. Yeah, we're, uh, we're neck deep in that car right now. Um, start out, we're just going to do an engine swap and then... Now there's no interior in the car, engine's gone, wiring's all ripped out, um, body panels are on order so we can just go ahead and fix it. Was going to drive it as a ratty muscle car for a while, but I mean, you got deep enough in it, we just had to go ahead and do it, make it right while we were there. That's what you got to do. I've got a 69 Dodge Stepside that I'm building. It's got a big block in it. Well, will have. Um, it was on the factory 69 frame with a solid straight axles, two-wheel drive truck. Had a 318 in it. I thought it was factory. Pulled it out because it was had a cracked head. And that's what it was going to be is just rebuild this 318 and get it running again. I drove it for, I don't know, two months probably. 
and uh, pulled that out, sent it off to the machine shop, and it turned out it was like a 78 318, and nobody wants to build that, so I junked it, and I've been through like 10 engines. I've got a uh, big block out of a 66 Cornet, so it's actually a factory 300 horse big block 383, which is pretty great. I'm going to throw it together. In the meantime, I actually picked up an 86 long bed chassis that's got power steering disc brakes all that stuff for like 600 bucks way cheaper than actually doing the conversion stuff because mopar crap is stupid expensive so we've all kind of got a little bit of a hot rod background uh the fair lane we're looking at right now is very hot rod it's kind of lower it's got some cool parts to it um but uh that said we're all kind of into a bunch of other stuff um fro's kind of an off-roader got some jeep heritage some uh, he's got a buddy that actually races monster trucks and builds monster truck stuff. That's really cool. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, at some point. And um, Matt's been into the car deal for just a few years, so he's actually pretty new to it. So it's kind of cool because I've grown up in it. Um, I'm only pushing 30. Fro's been in it for a long time. He grew up in it. And then Matt's kind of new to it, so we actually get like several sides of of we've got new guy we've got a couple guys that have been to, into it for a while guy that's not extreme into any ex, any specific segment and then a couple guys that are way into one side so um we're all into huge we're huge movie guys lots of comedy we'll probably cut up and quote movies and get music and and do all kinds of stupid crap here so then you gotta remember that most of the people that i hung out before hanging out with you guys were idiots so i've seen uh <laughs> <laughs> I've seen uh, I've seen what can happen when you when you turn a turn a, a moron loose with a car. You know the, the old shop I used to be at. Of course, we we were into jeeps and we did a lot of rock crawling. And there was a two foot tall concrete pad in front of our shop because it used to be a, an old Chevy dealership, and that's where we would go out and we would we would test the suspension on our jeeps. We'd go out and climb up the up the pad. Then there, there were some incidents. I'm not gonna lie. There were there were occasions where the the police were were called, and I I think that you have to be around like-minded individuals to do the things that we do. That being said, you know I I have I have respect for the lowrider guys. This Fairlane's probably gonna end up looking very late 60s early 70s lowrider and and that's that's what i want i want it to i want it to have its own its own look and each one of each one of my friends has their own idea of of what they want you know the 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 dart or the, the i'm sorry the duster yeah the duster the duster could have been fine left alone driving around riding muscle car and, and it, it would have been fine but it is the lazy approach you know, you're you're taking the, the long way around with what you're doing, and, and that's good. That's what I <laughs> that's what I've been doing for the better part of a decade with this Fairlane here, and now I've gotten to the point to where I I just want to drive it. I just want to see it run again. I want to see it roll around town again. I I, I want to get it all in white primer except for the one spot on the door where my my grandpa's arm sat. Right. You know that I I just want to get to the point to where I can drive my car again. I think that's that's a lot of where the culture is heading now is you you just want to drive it. You just want to get out there and, and see what it's like to drive that car again. You know, with, with everything that's going down with the, the coronavirus and, and all that, people have been stuck in the house for so long that, that small towns are bringing back those, those cruising trips. Cruise nights are awesome. Yeah. Oh no, Gravit puts on an outstanding cruise night. So, so you you you've got some of those guys that are dragging those cars back out. Go ahead and open it. Sorry, beer time. <laughs> That's I gotta relax with the beers. So, so you, you've got those guys that are getting their cars back out and cruising them again, and it's getting away from the the hundred thousand dollar builds, and now it's just I want to drive my car again. Well, I mean, we've all talked about this, and the fact that. Like shows like Gas Monkey and everything else made it where it looked like you had to have this perfect car to get out there and enjoy it. Like, in, you're sitting there looking at your clapped out shitbox in the garage and you're like, well, I can't take this out. It's not like what they put out. 
And then, lo and behold, here comes the roadkill guys. And right. they're just buying a hoopty and hoping they can make it 1,500 miles in it. Right. And, they're, and they're having more fun than anything you've ever seen in any of the other shows. Because they're just out there doing it. They're buying it, driving it, and loving it. Right. And I think them and then, like you see, Hot Rod Garage, we're big fans of some of the Motor Trend programming. Lucky and uh, Tony do a great job, I think buying cheap crap and putting reasonably decent performance parts on it that aren't going to break the bank it's stuff that we're building our own vehicles out of you know comp cams and msd and stuff that you can buy at your local parts store stuff that you can buy on summit and get delivered to your house stuff that you can actually afford and put in your own vehicle you know they're not they're not throwing you know just ridiculous bills at these cars to to throw them together and get them on the road. It's like, we're going to make it decent and drivable, and then we're going to throw it together and make it really good. And and to, to Fro's point, I think what we're talking about is at some point in your build, you have to see it move, or you're just going to set it to the side and never work on it again. My truck's been a big deal for like the better part of 12 years. I got it from my stepdad before he passed away, and uh, it's big sentimental deal. Matt's car is actually super sentimental too. I think we all have that in common. I think that's what cars have to be if you're going to spend a lot of time and money on them. You, you do. And the thing about it is you have to have that core group of guys that hype you up when you come to them with an idea. They'll either tell you it's a good idea or a bad idea. And I mean, I, I think we all do that very well for each other. I know there's multiple times during the day where I'll call you guys and be like, hey, I had this idea pop in my head. What do you guys think? And, you, and you'll usually either very bluntly tell me it was a stupid idea or, hey, that might actually work really well. I mean, to take full credit, it is my, it is my responsibility that you're putting the Hemi in the car. That is true. Because so. I was going to pass on that engine. I mean, a little back history, $600 Hemi popped up on Facebook Marketplace. I was going to pass it up and just build a 318 for the duster. Chris calls me and he's like, hey, man, did you see this? And I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to get it. Peer pressure later, we're on the road that night with $600 in hand. We show up at this trailer compound in the middle of nowhere, Missouri. <laughs> it's a commune in southwest Missouri, if you can imagine that. It doesn't exist, but that's where we bought the car, or the, the engine for the car. So we, we make the trans. We go inside. I'm like, well, where's the engine, man? And he goes, oh, it's in here. This, this engine was literally in pieces in this guy's kitchen with two other engines on engine stands and parts everywhere throughout the house. Meanwhile, his wife's giving us all dirty looks. Cause, and <laughs> and we're at the just, same time, she was so glad that we were there to take junk out of her dining room so that they could use their kitchen table again. I mean, but long story short there, end up we end up getting it loaded up and we stop it at Dairy Queen and we're looking at everything. And intake to oil pan, complete engine, had already been to the machine shop, had already been gone through was just ready to be put back together 600 bucks guys there are deals out there and there's gonna be an episode coming where we talk about the art of finding that deal and you gotta be willing to drive for it because i've gone i've at least four hours one way before for parts but but you got you gotta <laughs> at the same time you you've got to be able to uh you've got to be able to to make your own decision to a certain point there there's a lot of times when when i'm hanging around some of my, my my other group of friends where where I have one buddy that his battle cry is it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, the rear end seems to be making a noise. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. When uh, when I went and did the power tour with the Nova uh, we, we, we had run into so much trouble putting this thing together and, and I'm sure we'll get into more of what all's there but we had run into so much trouble getting this thing together that, that when it came time to leave, I was hesitant. My buddy looked at me and he said, uh, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. We're going to be fine. <laughs> they looked over at me as we were going through Springfield, Missouri, and I was grinning ear to ear. And he, he said, what are you smiling about? And I said, I didn't think we were going to make it this far. <laughs> A little bit of backstory. That was their shakedown run was leaving for Power Tour. So it was a technical shakedown run because we had uh, we had installed a 700R4 in that car along with 390 gears and uh, took it out and and shook it down three days before we were scheduled to leave and uh, 
and, and John looked over at me and he said, uh, if I want to do a burnout, then there's no reason to take it. So I stuck my foot in it and it went through first and second gear, blowing tire, and then it hit third gear and, and there was no one home. Much like his Mazda. Much like <laughs> Don't bring my Mazda in. Now, I'm going to tell you guys right now, that Mazda will handle some weight. (laughs) And that's probably won't do it anymore. That's why it doesn't have third gear. (laughs) It has third gear. It's just not there now. (laughs) It's just in the bottom of the pan, that's all. No, it's there. Everybody's telling me all that to change of fluid. But anyway. So, so to get back to the point, uh, we, we... we wound up replacing a transmission. We were leaving on Friday. He showed up at the house on Wednesday with the transmission. We stayed up until 3 in the morning putting the transmission in. Managed to just luck into a drive shaft that would work with that application. That oddly enough came with the transmission. And we didn't so much as change the fluid and filter in that transmission. We literally topped it off and we headed for Kentucky. And uh, when, when we made it, by the time we made it to Atlanta, because it was 2018, by the time we made it to Atlanta on the power door, I realized that any move we make from that point forward was closer back to home. So it, it was a win. And then when we finally rolled into the last stop in North Carolina, I didn't know what to do with myself. Now I'll be honest with you, the, the car did uh, the car did let go in, in the worst part of Memphis on the way back home, but that's that's another story. And that's after though the car was featured on Carcraft magazine's website. For the top ten budget builds of Power Tour. It's uh it's hanging up on the wall right over here. And I, I You guys very, also got to hang out with Fitech, didn't you? We, we got to park in the Fitech booth because we were running a, a Fitech fuel injection system. And, and just to be clear with everybody, no matter what aftermarket fuel injection system you're going with, those things have made leaps and bounds in, in, in the way of becoming better and becoming more cost effective. And I honestly couldn't tell you why anyone would buy a carburetor again. Like, it really is just that much better in the aftermarket. With the fuel injection systems, with the software that they're running, with everything they're they're doing, basically the only thing you can do to really screw it up is to screw it up yourself, which we did a couple times before we left, just as a helpful hint. Uh, if you're going to put together a braided steel hose with AN fittings, go ahead and clean out that hose after you cut it. Because if you don't, that'll just collect in your fuel pressure regulator and your injectors will stop firing after 60 PSI. Well, and then, you know, so everybody's going to go online after we're done talking about this. Anybody that listens to it, and they're going to price Fitech and they're going to see that it's $800, $900 for a kit. But what what you've got to do is realize that you're comparing that $900 Fitech kit to probably a four or $500 carburetor. Because you can't compare it to the Edelbrock uh, 600 CFM carburetor that you can buy at your local parts store because it's not the same thing. It's more like a 750 Demon or an 800 Double Pumper Holly, something like that. It's something that can actual ha- actually handle horsepower. Our, ours was good up to uh, 600 horsepower. And and not to pin this down to, to, to Fitech in any way, shape, or form, the... the we just installed a Holly sniper system last weekend. And when we finished it, there was a, a massive vacuum leak and that thing still tried to run. So a, a lot of times that fuel injection system is, is probably what's what's holding you together more than anything else. We found the vacuum leak, we fixed the vacuum leak, the car runs like a dream now. But it's amazing how well those things will calibrate themselves and try to run through some problems that you'll have. And there's something to be said for going out and firing up your hot rod whenever it's 30 degrees outside and driving it to work without letting it idle in your driveway for 20 minutes and trying to keep it running while the choke's cold. And like, there's something to be said for that. Everyday street performance, taking it to the track and it's already ready to roll. You don't have to change jets. It's it's a big deal. Matt's putting a sniper on the, the Gen 3. I'm doing Terminator. Terminator, sorry. I'm doing the standalone, I'm doing a standalone Terminator harness. 
So, and it's full on fuel injection, so that's a different deal. Yeah. I've got a couple Holly carburetors I'm going to build for the big block in the meantime because they are laying at my house. I'm not wasting money on them. So, you spend $40 and rebuild a carburetor, not that big a deal. Um, but there will be fuel injection in my in my future as well. So, I mean, I'm going to sniper my C10. Yeah. By the way, I have a C10. Um, but I'll end up I'll end up snipering the big block in the C10. Name drop C10. No big deal. <laughs> but but the 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 amount of progress that they've made on a lot of these systems, it, it makes no sense to 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 take that antiquated route and wind up with a carburetor on your car. I've got a carburetor on on this car because I bought it before we we did the Nova build. And after driving a car that, that's got an aftermarket fuel injection system, I'm going to wind up running the same fuel injection system on this car. I mean, also, how many guys are left in the world that can just listen to a carburetor and barely turn that screw and it'd be perfect? I mean, there's hardly any of those guys left. Zero. And I mean, to, turn, to tune in a carburetor, you need, what, a dwell tack? Because you're probably running points because you're a dinosaur. You're going to need a vacuum, a vacuum uh, uh, gauge in your car so that you know what you're actually running on. There, there's a ton of hardware required whenever you are uh, trying to tune your, your carburetor perfectly. And you've got to have all the needles and seats and you've got to have all the jets and you've got to have all the, you got to have everything. You've got to have all the accelerator pumps if you're running a, har- a, a Holly because you've you got to have the, you got to have everything just so, so that everything works together. But uh, and, and I don't have a fuel injection set up on anything that's a hot rod yet, but I do know that, I mean, if you can open a laptop and plug it in, it, it's not that complicated, right? They come with instructions. They'll tune themselves we, if you want them to. We didn't even need a, a laptop on ours. Ours was, uh, most of these are, are coming with a, a handheld monitor that you yeah. can actually program everything in on the handheld. And, and it's not just, just the, the fuel injection stuff. You're to the point now to where you have the, the transmission controller so that you can run any transmission you want in the car. If you get an electronically controlled transmission, you can still run that in one of these one of these old sixty fives and come up with a standalone controller that will actually handle that. You know, you're you're getting to the point now to where there's there's enough technology and it's cost effective enough on almost anything. Right. That there's absolutely no reason to, to do things the way you, you used to. And you still got those old school guys that will show up and they want a carburetor and they, they, they want a turbo 350 transmission and they want to be able to tune everything with a screwdriver. And that's fine because I love those guys. They're, they're a wealth of information and they'll teach you some things that, that you never would have learned otherwise. Right. But we're, we're to the point now to where there's enough technology in this hobby that... Every, almost everybody can put together a car that's absolute crap and make it work just by buying simple off-the-shelf parts. And run 13s on the quarter mile. And to your point, as far as the standalone stuff, um, I mean, there's standalone everything. You can run the standalone coils on the LS stuff or on the Hemi stuff. Yeah. Holly's got a controller that will legitimately just run coils. If you want to run an old 727 transmission and a Mopar and you want to run a carburetor and you want to do it on a Hemi, they actually have a deal that will just run the coils on the Hemi and you can run a carburetor with an old manual transmission and and you don't need anything else. It's the, it's the MSD thing. It's a MSD six MSD. I'm sorry. I said yeah. Holly. I'm in MSD. It's right. And MS... I think Holly does actually have some coil controllers for the LS stuff. I, I, believe. I believe they do. But yeah, I know Hemi, uh, Holly has one that's called like the Hemi six or something like that. And it'll just run all the timing controls and the injectors, well, not the injectors, but the coils. Mm-hmm. And then you're running an old school manifold with a carb or a sniper. You can even run a Holly sniper, but at that point you might as well just left the manifold and got a Terminator kit. Right. Because I mean, even with the with the modern advances with manifolds too, we talk about a lot of different things. We're all big fans of Engine Masters as well, another Motor Trend uh, product, uh, and they've done a lot of research. It looks like runner length is super important to getting top end horsepower and bottom end torque. So if you can run a longer intake runner, that's great. And the LSs and the Hemis both have intake runners that run on for days. So. Yeah. 
I mean, the sniper kit's just kind of a, a, a no-brainer. I mean, but then you got those guys that are worried about the old-school factory look. And, and that's me, and that's why I've got a YN four-barrel uh, uh, dual-plane intake that I'm going to throw the... Uh, I'm going to probably end up throwing a Fitech setup on that's going to support 600 horsepower. My junk's probably only going to make four and a quarter if I'm lucky. So, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. You can buy anything for any application at this point. I mean, you just got to get out there and drive it. That's, that's the biggest point. And, and not only that, but... You, <laughs> You worry about losing some of that originality by not having, not having a carburetor. You know, you and I have discussed thirty-two Fords that people just yeah. shotgun blast a chrome kit at. Yeah, it looks like they bought and, the engine out of a J.C. Whitney catalog. And you, you want to, you want to keep some of that that old school look. You know, a lot of these these modern fuel injection systems wind up looking like a carburetor. Yeah. You know, you still wind up with with somewhat of that original look. So there's yeah. there's no reason not to look at it anymore. Well, and to your point of the 32 Ford, that's where we come into having influence from your friends is fantastic. But building something that's yours is great because there's something to be said about going to any given car show and you've got the one car there that's a little bit different. I mean, you go to, you go to a car show and there's 35 32 Ford Coupes with a Chevy 350 with Edelbrock valve covers and a 600 CFM carburetor and a tiny little cam that makes it sound like it's loping. And there's just, that doesn't do it for me. If that does it for the dude that owns it, that's fantastic. But is there 40 guys at this at this car show that they have the exact same taste? Like, the, the thing about hot routing to me, and this is where we're going to get into personal preferences, it's all about personal taste. That's why, and, and Fro and I, and Matt too, agree on this. I, I don't like low riders, but we've got a friend that's that's a mini trucker and man, some of the stuff that he's into is really cool for him. I wouldn't want to own a uh, 92 S10 that's bagged and dropped and doesn't go anywhere because that's not my thing. And I've got and a buddy that... On live. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've got a buddy that builds rock crawlers and that's super cool for him. Like he builds them from the ground up and he's the best fabricator that I know and it's unbelievable some of the stuff that he builds. And I think it's really cool and I've ridden in some of the stuff and I sort of get it. But again, I would never own that because I'm more of a muscle car guy. Fro's more of a hot rod guy. Matt is kind of on his own because he does the he does the muscle car thing. He likes a lot more of the modern stuff, and um, yeah, that's all cool. And it's it's a matter of finding what is different, what's unique. Hot rodding started in the '40s and '50s with guys making cars that were different than everybody else's, individualizing stuff. So when you've got a uh, tea bucket with flames on the side and a 350 in it everybody on the planet's got one of those so why would you, you spend 40 40- i would like to have one. i would i would not complain if one of those was sitting fair in my enough garage. man i'm gonna tell you right now though if somebody handed me the title to one i'd just be like cool how can i sell this for 20 grand and buy something that's like junk and make it my own because my thing is everybody in the world can spend thirty thousand dollars and buy something that's pre-packaged with a bow on it that's not theirs. The cool thing about this fair lane that we're sitting next to, the cool thing about your duster, to me the cool thing about my stepside Dodge truck is that I'm building it and it's mine. It's the way I want it. Your duster's the way you want it. Your fair lane's the way you want it. It's something that is ours and it's individualized. And if you don't know how to build something, fair enough, but come up with an idea and, and find somebody that can execute it, you know? I mean, it's, it's a matter of individual taste not just going with the crowd. Speedway sells buckets for the for the Ford Coupe or for the Ford uh, Roadsters, and they sell the frame rails for them. And you you can buy a car out of a catalog, but if you're going to do that, why wouldn't you drive down to the dealership and buy a 5.0 Coyote Mustang or a, or a, a 6.2 Hemi Challenger or something like that? To me, and I know that Fro's going <laughs> Fro's going to balk at this, but to me, it's the same thing. If you're going to buy a car from a magazine, it's the same thing and go, as going and buying a modern muscle car from a from a dealership. And that's from a guy that drives a 15 Challenger with a Hemi in it. Yeah, I went and bought one, but a Challenger with a Hemi is my dream car, and I can't afford a '72 because it's unobtainable. See, but that, that's that's the thing. I'm not going to balk at it because I, I absolutely agree with you. If you if you're going to order a car out of catalog, you might as well run down to the dealership and buy one. That being said, I, I I bag on a lot of people because of, of 
this or that when it comes to the car crowd. And you know as well as anybody, I, I will talk bad about you new talented <laughs> owners. <laughs> right to my face. Because you guys are the ones sitting at the at the beginning of the line trying to get into the into the car show and you're blocking for all of your, your Hellcat buddies and your, your Corvette buddies while the 73 Nova 15 cars back is overheating and spewing its innards all over the highway. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got 17 angry people behind you who don't have AC and, and the car's overheating and, and you're still blocking. You know, it's and it's the same thing with... with <clears throat> Excuse me, the the lowrider guys. I totally appreciate what those guys have done. I, I had a friend who had a '94 Cadillac on bags with 13-inch wire wheels, and I loved riding around in that car. And don't get me wrong, that's cool. One of the coolest things in the world to me is an '85 G body on 14-inch gold wire wheels that is bagged and dropped and slower than hell. Like I get it. It's cool. I understand. It's not my thing. Sure, exactly. we're gonna have to ask you to leave. <laughs> exactly. I, I, it's not, and, and this, I had this same discussion with the, the buddy of mine who has that car or had, I apologize, had that car. You know, it's a, it's a great car. It gets a lot of attention. It's, a, it's fun to ride in. It's a head turner. It's a head turner. It's not something I would own. You know, the, the same guy, he's got a, uh, a Honda Odyssey van right now. And that's that, a head turner too. That, that he's lowered. He's he's done all the performance stuff to it. He's he's carbon fibered out the inside. He By all loves. the performance stuff, we're talking about K and M cold air intake. There's more than that for the Odysseys. Apparently, it's a niche thing. Like, there's oh, very people, much so. Yeah, no, it really there are is. Some people who love Honda Odyssey vans. <laughs> some people, and they're all thirty-five year old soccer. Easy. Moms. Sorry. Easy. <laughs> Don't go after age. We don't need that. I'm, my bad. Middle aged so, soccer moms. So he, he's the he's the same guy. He owns a Honda Odyssey van, is and it's lowered and it's it's got big wheels and carbon fiber and, and he loves that thing. At the same time, he's got a, a seventy five C ten that's sitting under the carport that's got a, a rowdy cam and, and high compression and he loves driving that thing around as well. But he's also got like a bunch of kids that he has to drag around with him. Which I, I correct that, not drag around with him. You have a bunch of kids. <laughs> so while we're on this point, because we're talking about dragging around kids, and I said 35-year-old soccer moms, if we bag on something that is you, we're not talking about you. We bag on everybody. Like, I make fun of Fro more than I make fun of anybody on this planet. It's but, true, but it's, it's warranted. <laughs> it's warranted because he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but, but other than that, so if we hit on something that's a hot button with you and, and it's something you're into, we're not shaming what you're into. If that's your actual taste, that's fantastic. People make fun of me for make fun of me for being a Mopar guy, and and I make fun of Matt because he's a different kind of Mopar guy than I am. But we both make fun of Mopar guys that are like Vin enthusiasts. Oh my god! Because it's like the most ridiculous thing of like, well, that doesn't have this letter and that digit of the Vin code, so it's not factory. And it's like, who cares? It's a 72 uh, Challenger with a Hemi in it. I don't care if it's a 5.7 new gen Hemi or a 426 street Hemi. But that's or... why that guy learned how to rebuild tie rods. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're talking, I've actually gotten some hate mail on Instagram for what I'm doing to my duster. Have you? I have. I've gotten some hate. I've gotten some anti what I'm doing messages. But Genuinely, just... you've gotten hate mail for, for the Gen 3 swap. Oh, I've been told I've ruined the car. You have ruined the car. But mostly because it still has tractor tires on it because you haven't put the foos wheels on it yet. It that, has nothing to do with the Hemi. <laughs> yeah, by the way, uh, factory A-body wheels back in the day were like 14 by 6s. I'm going to say 14 by 3 and a half. I mean, yeah, the they're pretty are, narrow. They're pizza cutters. I've seen, I've seen top fuel dragsters with wider front tires than what were on the, underneath the back of that duster. I mean, the duster's pretty clapped out. I mean, <laughs> the suspension's so bad. I went through a corner once and the car looked like it was about to flip over. Or I was on hydros just doing a, like a three-wheel lean. So that's the point, is we kind of all make fun of each other. Fro makes fun of me all the time for being a mo modern muscle guy. I love my car. I get why nobody else would. It makes sense to me. I get why Matt loves his car, and I, and I, I get why... Wine. <laughs> white, white, white wine. wine is the nickname given to my car by one of our friends that uh, that that is, is the lowrider. 
he's is not rider. allowed to do podcasts. He's not allowed to do the podcast. He he's one of our friends that's a low rider guy. He's the mini trucker that we'll talk about. We won't put his name on the air, probably, unless one of us slips up. So what these guys don't know is Steve, Steve and I have actually been talking, and we're going to do a podcast after dark episode. Hashtag unaffiliated. Hashtag <laughs> does not represent our views. Um, you know I'm too old to understand the hashtag jokes, right? That's That's why we're doing okay, it, because we're trying to get over your head with it. Just check. So, um, but I mean, it's just you got to respect each other's builds. And that's the thing that I think a lot of the car community lost for a long time. Yes. Was they lost the mutual respect that comes with, you built this, I built this, awesome. The one, the one thing we can all hate, though, is the JDM stance builds. I think everybody hates those because that's... I'm going to disagree because, I mean, that still takes not knowing basic geometry to make happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> or hating tires that's... completely, but only on the inner shoulder. You my can't burn my problem is this with that. <laughs> Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Get off my yard disclaimer coming up. (laughs) So, yes, I will take the responsible approach with this. My problem with this is those cars are not safe. (laughs) And I have to share the road with them. Yeah, We just discussed this not not (laughs) 20 minutes ago. Like, it upsets me that I have to share the road with certain people. There's certain people that should be told, go home and park it. But Try to be, again tomorrow. But to be fair, we were actually making fun of a new muscle car. It was a 15, 16-ish uh, Camaro that looked like somebody had no clue what they were doing with exhaust uh, work, and they probably put it together with like some bailing wire. I think there was a any. hose clamp under there. There was, probably, there was probably a hose clamp, and it was probably one of the squeeze ones, not one of the good worm and gear the, type. And there was no room for the Flowmasters that were under there, so they were hanging down low. Yeah, like a and butterfly. twisted. Yeah. So that they could possibly fit in that spot. But luckily, he's going to hit a bump at some point, and we're not going to have to put up that anymore. <laughs> so when we make fun of the JDM stance nonsense, it's because it looks terrible. It is terrible. It's not functional, and it's not fast. But it's okay. If that's what you want to build, and that's truly what you're into, fine. Just know that you're getting made fun of whenever you go out of the parking lot. That Nova is crap. Like, there's no nicer way to put it. The and, Nova is crap. And we're talking about and the one he built. It, and it's it's the one it's the one that, that I built with a buddy of mine. And it's crap. Like, there there are holes in body panels because we we didn't want to fix it. Like, we're not body <laughs> men. So, that being said, it's safe. Like, the brakes work. We checked it. They just didn't check the transmission. The coolant was an issue because it kept wanting to get out. The transmission was an issue because it was a 700R4, and I don't care how much hate mail you get on this, 700R4s are crap. Um, Unless you spend like $3,000 on them. If you so, take them to a transmission builder and spend a stupid amount of money, they're probably okay for a couple hundred miles. Probably. Probably. But what it comes down to is... is you know, my car may have looked horrible, but A, it was safe. It stopped, it turned, it went straight when it was supposed to go straight. It did everything it was supposed to do for about 2,500 miles. <laughs> and... Until you needed it to, right? There were a whole lot... It was There were a whole lot of people that were really happy to see that car out on the road, and I have no idea why, because if you drive a crappy Nova through the South, apparently everybody loves you. Because there were people yelling and throwing up finger guns, and and they were... It's because they all have Springsteen on repeat, and they're wearing denim jackets. (laughs) (laughs) With no sleeves. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail that. I'm not attacking the South. It's not going to happen. I'm born and raised from the South, okay? So I don't... It's fine. That's who I am. Technically, I'm not. Like, where I come from is technically North. It's not think. north. It's just Indian country. I mean, it's just technically can neutral. Can say that? I'm native. I can oh, say yeah, Indian you, country. You can. You can. Technically, I am. But, but no, it, it's... <laughs> it, it, it all comes down to... There are certain people who want to cut corners on their builds, and the car becomes unsafe. There are certain people who want to do certain things to their car, and the car becomes unsafe. <sighs> 
If it's if unsafe, can, take it to a track. Don't drive it on the street. If you can make 1,200 horsepower work on the street, make it work. <laughs> I mean, awesome. But at the same time, 1,200 horsepower, despite Dodge's obsession with slapping Hellcats into everything. <laughs> um, it, and now me and Matt are going to fight. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It's awesome that they're putting Hellcats in everything. But at the same time, it, it kind of takes away from the guys that spent the money for the Hellcat. Because now they're like, oh, well, everybody can get a Hellcat instead of just it being this special thing. My favorite thing about the Dodge Demon release is it drove the Hellcat prices down, which drove the RT prices down enough for me to actually buy a Challenger. So I'm not going to hate on anything Dodge has done. Oh, I'm not hating. I love the fact that they're like, we're going to put a seven to 800 horsepower Hemi in everything. In everything. I'm I waiting for a, the I'll... 800 horsepower minivan so I can go beat up all the Honda Odysseys. I want a Chrysler 200 with a Hellcat in it. That's what I want. But I mean, it, well, I mean, it's just... People want to see something different on the road. Um, like when I was driving my C10 around, I every now and then you'd find somebody that'd be like, "Awesome truck." Yeah. I started driving that clapped out Slant Six Duster. Yeah. I had people come up to me at gas stations. I had people getting me to roll my window down at stoplights. I mean, the it, you don't see you didn't see old A bodies on the road. And that's what I'm talking about with individuality. Everybody in the South has seen a 60, what's your what year? Mine's a 63. You don't, you don't see very many 63s. Okay, but. so there's not very many 63s, but there's guys like me that aren't Chevy guys that don't know that a 63 is different than a 65 C10. So I see one at a gas pump, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of a cool old truck. But then I see a 71 Duster sitting at a, at a gas station, and I'm like, man, there's not a lot of those. That is pretty stinking cool. And that's what it comes down to individuality. That's that's where this that's where this Fairlane is going to be awesome. There is not a lot of sixty-five four-door Fairlanes at all anywhere. I can verify that because there's not a lot of parts <laughs> for this car. Like you can't just order a body panel for this car. Because so that that said, we have the same problem, me and Fro. But it's because I have a 91 Mitsubishi Mighty Max, and nobody in the country has seen this piece of junk. Because it's a four-wheel drive. Nobody's seen a four-wheel drive Mighty Max in the last 25 years. Because 24 years ago, apparently everybody hauled them to the crusher because they were junk. But I've got one, and it's, it's you know, it, it brings all the boys to the yard. It's called the milkshake for a reason. I just want to put out there that Chris was so excited when he got that Mighty Max. I'm still excited I about mean, it. I mean, he was just so excited. <laughs> it has every modification that I would have done to it in high school. <laughs> It has prelude it, seats in it. It has prelude seats in it. It has the, the it has the cab extender the on it. The Lund cab extender on it. From it's, JC Whitney. It probably cost like sixty bucks. I probably would have went ahead and spent the other forty and got the ball cap visor for it. <laughs> if the if the thing had a ball cap visor on it, I'd be sitting in it right now, not doing a podcast with these guys, I can tell you that. He'd just be sitting there being like ball cap. <laughs> Sitting in a cruise night somewhere, waiting for compliments to roll in. <laughs> to, for it to work, it would have to be somewhere in Oklahoma, though. Easy, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to disagree. I'm thinking Southern Missouri. Southern, Southern Missouri. Anderson would be a huge hit. If you don't know where Anderson, Missouri is, Google it, and you still won't find anything. <laughs> hey, man. That, that, that one of their Mighty Max Anderson that you know. <laughs> Anderson, Missouri, I love you. <laughs> Disclaimer at the moment, Chris grew up in Missouri. I grew up in Seneca, Missouri, so if you're in Anderson and you I, hate Seneca, fantastic, because me too. I, I'm not going this route. You don't need no my hometown. <laughs> it's it's bad. His it, hometown's worse than Seneca, Missouri. Google it. Google, Google me, Chuck. <laughs> Look so, it up. So it's the, the funny thing about your Mighty Max, though, is you're, I, I love that truck because... That truck is every truck that rolled in the parking lot at my high school. It is, you need you need a speaker box in the back that's made out of MDF with no carpet on it. That's probably got like 12 inch piles stuck in it. Pile was a good subwoofer no, when he was pile in high was school. No, was never a good subwoofer. It ever. was a good subwoofer when he was in school, but that's because it was only pile and like JL and nobody could afford JL. <laughs> No, it was, uh, it was uh, we had we had Fosgate. We had uh, oh Rockford Fosgate. We had the big, punch yeah. back then. Yeah, that's right. The early gold logo kickers. <laughs> gold logo kickers before they were back when they were still round. <laughs> Get <laughs> off my yard, solo barracks ain't kickers. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I, that's 
that's the thing that kind of draws a lot of us into this is, you know, sitting in, sitting in in the classroom waiting, sitting in the in the the commons area waiting to go to your class, watching some of the cars roll in in the parking lot. That's what that's what helped me kind of formulate where I wanted to go with cars. You know, there there were some guys that were rolling in that that had absolute crap cars, but they had really loud stereo systems at the time. And that's what mattered. I had a 99 Explorer, <laughs> and I had two JL Audio W7s in it, and it was the junkiest truck at my school, and everybody loved that hunk of crap because it would rattle the entire school to the ground. So, that, But that's... that's <sighs> giving away my age. And it's, for the record, his age is a whole lot different because he watched my truck pull into his parking lot in high school, and my truck was built the year that I was born. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good time to go ahead and let you know, I, I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so in, in, in 1995, when I graduated... And I was four... <laughs> That's what a lot of stuff focused around. It was it was focused around, uh, you know, you, you rolled in in, in a, a Hyundai that had two Earthquake 18s in the Did they make in the back seat. They weren't even in the trunk mounted or anything. They were just in a box, and the box was set in the back seat. Did they make Hyundais in '95? Yes. Wow. Yes, they were they were early. <laughs> it was the first year in board. It was the it was the boxy style Hyundai's too. They were horrible. Oh man, no, <laughs> see, were... like uh, when I was in high school, I had a single cab Ram with two Rockford tins behind the back seat. Rockford tins. Rockford <laughs> makes another appearance. Hashtag we need sponsorship. Rockford Fosgate. No. Are they even still around? I don't know. I don't know. Let's guess. <laughs> <laughs> He's like they're going in the fair lane. <laughs> Don't worry about the fact that I can't find a Craco equalizer to run it on. <laughs> he's got a Motorola head unit that he's going to put in the dash. It's it's an actual record player. It's going to be really nice. It's going to be real nice. It's got the real. It's got the nice felt anti-skip needle. <laughs> and you don't even have to put a quarter on it to make it work. But you can. <laughs> and now we're off the rails. It doesn't really matter. I mean, in, in all honesty, you know that was my my biggest complaint going to car shows when I was when I was younger is that you would you'd walk up and you'd see eight grand sitting in the engine compartment and you'd see another thirty grand in paint mm. and you looked inside and there was one of those old knob job cassette players that was just you, you knew they weren't listening to anything good. <laughs> Yeah, they're not listening to anything good anyway. Like, there's there's a limited amount of decent music, and nobody listens to it. They're listening to the hype tape to get pumped <laughs> in the right frame of mind for all the kids that are going to yell out they got too close to the They car. were listening to Green Day, let's be honest. Let's, hey, <laughs> I graduated 95. I already told you that. American <laughs> Idiot changed his life. <laughs> American Idiot was after I graduated. It was, it was Dookie. <laughs> Dookie changed his life. <laughs> Oh, but, that, but that's a that's a whole other podcast. We'll get into music some other time because these guys have no taste. <laughs> no taste. I love spicy Nickelback. Okay, we're we're not allowed to call them that. Sorry, I like Imagine Dragons. My son loves it. I yeah. actually like. Well, we're close non- to the same age. <laughs> I actually like non-spicy Nickelback, which and is Nickelback, <laughs> which is. Well, let's not get into that. No, yeah, we're not going. Pump the brakes on Nickelback. No, move, no. move on, moving on. No, I got a cool sign out here that says Y end. <laughs> yeah, that's a great sign. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get away from this guy. I like the Valvoline sign right next to it, which is next to a Super B sign, actually, which we can probably branch off on. <laughs> I think, I think, I think that's a lot of of. You can tell a lot about a car guy just by looking at the wall in his garage. Yeah. Unless he doesn't have a garage like me. Yeah, but still. I'm going to invest, heavily invest in lawn art for you. So we I have to... lawn art. I have a 1950 Chrysler that's been on blocks for three years. Basically, what we figured out in this podcast is we own a bunch of crap. I have a 50 Chrysler with a flathead six in it. So if anybody wants to take that off my hands... Hit up the comments. The flat, <laughs> yeah, hit up the, the comments. Six or Sim- the fifty Chrysler. The flathead six. The fifty's wow. not going anywhere. It's too cool, Excellent. and it's also too much junk. I can't, 
I can't get rid of junk, which is why I'm a Mopar guy. You can't, with a clear conscience, let somebody else take that? No, yeah, <laughs> it's it's garbage. I looked at it. There's almost a floor pan in it. There's almost a floor pan. <laughs> the good thing is there is every piece of chrome trim, and that's the expensive part to replace. No, the expensive part to replace is going to be that turn signal that lens that's broken on the front. No, it's not. We have tape at work. <laughs> We have amber tape. It'll be fine. We have amber tape. Oh, By the way, work won't be brought up other than the word work. Other than the word work. <laughs> other than. Other than. So I'm looking at this poster I got hanging up on the wall. That poster is older than you. <laughs> the hot rod poster with yes. the Camaro on it? I don't doubt it. It's, it's also more faded than I am, and I've had several course lights tonight. There's got to be a point when we bring this to a close just because <laughs> you've had too much to drink. Conversation killer. I haven't had too much to drink. We're fine. Plus, Matt can edit. <laughs> Somehow I got nominated tech guru for this There's, podcast. Matt's There's... the tech guru because I suck at it because I'm from Missouri and Fro sucks at it because he's from Oklahoma. No, I I suck at it because... Is that even a computer? <laughs> Fro... Pro sucks at it because his idea of a tablet was a stone and chisel. Yes. Yeah, and the computer was was an Apple two in one. The the files are in the computer. <laughs> Wait a minute, you don't need a floppy disk to record this. <laughs> hey, I can remember I can remember burning music that we downloaded on LimeWire on a tower about the size of that car. So to go on a tangent, I worked with a guy who claimed to have invented LimeWire, and I don't know if he was authentic or not, but he did have like 700,000 CDs. He stole that whole bit from the Italian job. <laughs> I st if so you're saying he heisted a heist movie? Because yes. It's like Inception. Yes, he that's stole great. that whole bit. The guy invented LimeWire. <laughs> Napster. It was Napster. It was Napster because he was napping. It was Napster, yes. yeah. Yeah, Matt's reaching for, for movie references. Can't get them. <laughs> Don't pick on Matt. Sorry. We're on We're on the air. That's an, that's an Atlanta Braves joke. Nobody gets it. Sorry. I'm going to go edit out every bit of what you said today. <laughs> you know what's funny? I'll be like, you got teched. <laughs> what's funny is I don't know how, how you could possibly edit this together. This this podcast just became the Matt and Fro podcast. I'm not even in it. <laughs> As I like to say, Chris is off my Christmas card list now. We're gonna have to redo the intros. <laughs> no, he can just edit me out. It's yeah. fine. This is like a whole twenty minute section. He's I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put in a little drum like every time Chris is supposed to talk. <laughs> Lay me off, Johnny. Moving on, I've got a John Force autograph. Did you yeah, see that? I did see that. I, I, also, I have also, a Leah Pritchett autograph, and I got to hug her on stage. I, let's not weird. go down that rabbit well, hole. Oh, man, I got that video. I'll post it. <laughs> no, because that has to do with work. No, can't do that. And there will be repercussions. You know what videos are out there of you. <laughs> it's already posted. <laughs> the gerbil video? That, yeah. That hamster, that hamster ball video is amazing. I think we need to give some context here. <laughs> yeah, the gerbil thing was probably misleading. Go ahead, Matt. So... At work. At work, they had hamster ball races, like the big inflatable ones. Very big. Very big. And I'm not exactly a small fella. <laughs> I flew into that thing with the grace of a gazelle. It's true. I saw it. It, it was truly glorious. It's amazing. Pretty much, I'm so big that anybody I show that video to is like, holy shit! <laughs> So that's the gerbil thing, not what you were thinking. There's way more to that joke, but I'm uh, I'm, I'm not going. It to had to do with Richard Gere. We're not going down that road. So I, you, can't, you can't do that. I'm not positive we can do this anymore. I think we can. I think we'll be I all right. I don't know if he's still around. <laughs> I'm certain of it. Did I just kill Richard Gere? Maybe. It's fine. The Levitard show kills people all the time. But we're good. You got a point. You got a point. So anyway, getting getting back to. Uh, where were we at? Stereos. Cars or something. Rockford Fosgate. Rockford. Adam and he's in the back of his truck. Stereos. So, yeah, this car's going to have a stereo. This car's going to have a stereo. Maybe an 8-track player. No, it's, I, I, I actually uh, really, really enjoy music. So, I, I, I want 
a decent stereo system in this car. It, it's it's not not like it was back then because you just wanted bass and you wanted yeah. to know how much you could make the license plate rattle as loud as you could. So now I I, I want sound quality. Now I listen to to different music. I listen to all kinds of music. Like Taylor Swift. I told you that in comments. <laughs> I didn't know you're a T Swifter. I I'm not, <laughs> unless that gets me in trouble on here, and then I totally am. Yeah, he's totally a T Swifter. He <laughs> loves that girl, but like in an artistic kind of way. At least now I know how this is going to end. We are going to fight. <laughs> We've been it's fighting. going to be a physical fist. We're just going to hear the mic drop, and then it's going to go right into like the end credit song, just like the founding is. fathers anticipated. <laughs> but. No, I, 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 I still like car audio. I spent a good amount of time working on uh, working on stereo systems with uh, a, a friend of mine back in my hometown, and I still enjoy a good stereo system. And that's actually one of the things that got me started. So I grew up in the salvage yard. I grew up learning to tear things apart. One of the first things that I ever learned how to do as far as installing something or putting something together was actually putting in stereo systems. Because in high school, and maybe a bunch of you, if you're young enough to be in high school still, are listening to this, in, in which case I'm really sorry that you don't have something better to do on Friday night. Um, it's, it's a big deal putting in a stereo system in your car. And, and that was one of the first experiences I had learning how to put something together. We put in a head unit in my 99 uh, Ford Explorer, and then after that I, I bought some door speakers, and a buddy of mine actually upgraded his speakers, so I got the JLs for a stupid cheap price. The guy probably is still kicking himself for letting them go. Um, that's the kind of stuff that got me putting things in cars instead of taking them out, and that was really my first modification to a vehicle. It was a piece of junk V6 Explorer that actually got way too good of a stereo in it. Well, and that's that's one of the things that probably needs to be addressed. If if I'm going to be the the old man in this thing, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Don't think that you can install your own stereo. Like that's an easy way to let all the smoke out of your car. You can install your own stereo if it's like 2000 and what, six or older? So that you can just buy the harness and, and yeah. attach yeah. the harness to the stereo. Yes. No problem. The, but with all all today's as going back to technology with the stereo <laughs> controls on the steering wheels and the touch screens and the dashes. But if you go to a car show and you see a power wire for an amplifier and it's running between the hood hinge and the fender. That's a problem? Sometimes. I'm gonna have to rethink that. <laughs> but, um, what else are we gonna cover? I don't know. Will you, Matt? Do you have more to add, or where are we at? Man, I think, I think this is a good stopping point. Really, I mean, we covered a lot. There's gonna be more episodes to come. You're gonna have to edit out about a half hour of it. Oh God, no! We're gonna keep it all in there. I'm all about authenticity. Yeah, we're not scripted. That's one of the things that we appreciate about some of the programming that we were talking about earlier. Um, there's certain other shows that are scripted. Gas Monkey, Matt mentioned, I think, on air. Maybe it was before we started recording. Gas Monkey's super scripted. Drives me crazy. Um, we were talking about uh, Pit My Ride, which was, you know, that all that stuff was the only automotive programming we had in the mid-2000s and late-90s. and. And it was all scripted, and there was nothing fun about it because, like, there was no room for wiggle. And the good thing is, Overhauling gave uh, Lucky his start, so now we have we have them to thank, I guess, for Hot Rod Garage because uh, he's there and doing See, cool stuff. But but you have you if you go back to the mid '90s and you go back to and, and I'm sure we'll cover this later on. But if you go back to the mid '90s and you look at some of those builders that were there mid-90s to, to early 2000s. A lot of those guys were still building off the original groundwork that was laid down by the guys that came before them. And, and don't get me we've wrong. We've kind of gotten away from that. Don't get me wrong. Those builders are incredible. Chip Foose is amazing. Mm -hmm. Lloyd Coddington was unbelievable. But the TV stuff 
and it wasn't their fault. The, the TV executives played what they thought would play well, and I don't know that they understood the car industry. I think that that makes a lot of sense, but. So watching those shows, the cars that they built were unbelievable and amazing, but they it wasn't good programming. And it, it wasn't was, attainable. It wasn't attainable, that, and that's what we started out talking about with, with Matt pointing out, the fact that everybody thought they had to have a $40,000 car to go cruising on cruise night, and, and now you go to a cruise night and you see a clapped out Monte Carlo with a big fat lopey cam and a solid front, and a, and a straight front axle, and it's gasser style. And that is awesome. Yeah. That is way cooler than anything somebody's building in a pristine garage that you can eat the, eat off of the floor. Like, nobody cares about that. We can't do that in here. No, and thank God. Because I don't think that Fairlane could be in here if it was that clean. This is the truth. But. I think that's a good place to wrap. We're going to wrap on that. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This has been Mad Fro Monroe. And we're going to get this put together, put it out. And we're going to do another one in a couple weeks. A couple weeks, whenever we can get together, episode one, in the can. We all got we all got kids and stuff, man. You got football, I got football. It's going to be a while. I'm going to go, yeah, well, you know, we can do what we can do, you know. We'll make it work. We'll figure it out, and if we do, you'll hear us again. <laughs>